And today we're talking about the greatest hero, which you probably know because we're in church and the answer is always Jesus, but <laughs> the greatest hero that ever lived, Jesus, because what he did to make it possible for all of us to live. And so if you have a Bible, which is one of these things, they're, they're made of paper and uh, some of you know, or you, <laughs> you can open up to a phone or you can look on the screen here. Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 10. Uh, and this is, the book of Hebrews, I, I keep saying this, I can't like, it's hard because I want to I go into super detail on everything. We would never get through the book of Hebrews. We would probably spend, you know, I, I'm like reading about, you know, because there's a lot of quotations from the Hebrew Bible or the, aka the Old Testament, and I'd love to dig into them, the history of how that passage has been interpreted through the centuries and how it was understood in intertestamental Judaism. Uh, those things that, you know, four of you would like and the rest of you, and Lee would like it, she's monitoring us online and, and would like it. But anyway, so we're, we're going to try to not get stuck uh, with the trees and, and kind of look at the big picture here. So Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 um, and if you throw out words like intertestamental, it sounds so like, like, like you know stuff. So maybe I don't know anything. I just use big words once in a while. Uh, actually, intertestamental, it's just to describe the time period between the, the writing of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and the New Testament. There's this period. Anyway, <laughs> love that stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm just going to go right to verse 10 now. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. And he also said, I will put my trust in him, that is, I and the children God has given me. Now, make Jesus, make Jesus the perfect leader. Now, like, you, you read that and kind of go, what, what the world's going on there? And make Jesus perfect? Because we, we talked about, if you've, if you've been here, you know, Jesus was, you know, he was perfect. He comes, and, and so this can be a little confusing. It's easy to get the wrong idea. And, and the Greek word that's used there really has more the, the idea of, of completion, uh, and not that Jesus was incomplete, but his work was incomplete. Now, I took out a building permit uh, for a variety of things. I took out one for a garage, and then we, you know, it's been weeks since I mentioned it. We got hit by a tornado. And so when you, <laughs> we had to pull out a permit, and it was like, it was funny because it like covered just the house, like repairing, because uh, everything was broken. There was supports things. You know, we didn't get, a tree didn't land on our house. We got some shot through our house, though, which was cool, because, I mean, it was funny. I put something in the attic because I was like, I want this to be good. And we put it up there when the kids were little because we didn't want to mess up this one nice piece of furniture got hit by a tree moving through the attic that's funny because <laughs> you put it somewhere where it shouldn't get damaged and it does anyway but with that we had to have a permit and so the permit eventually because I was running out of time and I finally you know called the permit office and I had them even though we finished most of the work I had like one thing to do Anyone have that one thing to do? And so if you go to my house my crocs are covered in white paint now because I there's just one thing I had to paint to get the permit approved because, uh, long story, uh, I can explain this to me. And so I hurried out and I finally, I painted it because it needed to be complete so that I could get the building inspection. It's done. And so uh, it's not that it was inferior, but it wasn't complete. And so salvation was complete in Jesus. It's not that, that, that he was incomplete. It's just the work he was doing had to be complete. And ultimately, Jesus became the author of our salvation when the job was done. Uh, now, it says here, you know, he's a perfect leader. Um, 
now the NIV, this is, we're, we generally read the NLT. I'm going to slow down because I, I get really excited. <sighs> Calm down, slow down. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can only type slowly, but I can speak quickly. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a perfect leader. Um, NIV says, uh, we usually read the NLT, the New Living Translation, not because we think it's, you know, super inspired or anything. It, it's just... It's a translation because the, the, the Bible is written in the Old Testament. Is called, I often call it the Hebrew Bible because it was generally written in. Good job. And the New Testament, little quiz, is written in. And so we, we go back to those texts. Scholars go back to those texts and always kind of, you know, to, to, to translate it because language changes. Uh, you know, and uh, over time, I mean, even the way words are used today have changed since I was a kid, and I'm not that old. <laughs> and, and so, um, as words kind of change, I, we like the New Living Translation because it, it's readable, uh, but there's a lot of other good translations, and I'll I read a few of them. The NIV currently says, you know, pioneer. The ESV, which is another good one, says, you know, the founder. The 84 NIV, because they changed it in 84, and I don't like the 2011 as much as the 84, which is why we're reading the NLT. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the 84 said, you know, the author. Uh, and so the, the, the Greek word really could be translated, you know, trailblazer, guide, you know, or maybe even champion. He's leader. And, and so this, and, uh, I found one translator who said, you know, he's the Superman. And I like that translation because Jesus is the Superman. And now, immediately, you picture what? You know, cape, tights, you know, maybe, he'd have maybe real abs, you know, but, you know, the costumes, they always have those fake abs. I should just wear one of those all the time underneath my stuff, and, you know, it would look like, I have abs, my problem is they're wrapped in bubble wrap. Um, <laughs> some of you get it. Um, but, I, I mean, I, and I love Superman. When I was a kid, I still remember, and I got a picture somewhere, I, I should probably get it someday and throw it up on the screen, because it, it would be cute, little Jeff cute. Um, and so you're like, Jeff was once little and cute? That's got to be weird. I don't believe it. Um, but I remember I, I, always, I, I always wanted to be Superman for Halloween, you know. And it was like we had those vinyl costumes in my day. So, I mean, it kept you warm. It was like wearing a sweatsuit outside because sometimes it was cold in October. Some of you remember when it was still cold in October. Uh, today's like warm and even though it's a little rainy, it's a little misty. We had the windows open. It was nice. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, it, and so I always liked it. Um, now, I haven't watched all the new Superman movies. I, I know I need to, like take two weeks off and do nothing but watch Superman movies. Uh, some of you are like, yes. Some of you are like, no, you're not going to do that. Because if I took the time off, I'd probably finish the other things I need to do for permits on my house. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting. I, I should probably watch all the new movies. I haven't seen them. But so I had to refresh my memory a little bit with some reading and things. And so I was looking at things about Superman because that's how my mind works when I'm studying. Um, and, and it was interesting because there's, you know, you know what Easter eggs are? like in a movie or something. It's like kind of little things that are hidden in plain sight that actually have some more meaning in things. And in movies, a lot of times, there's some different things. There's some writers of faith who put some things in sometimes. And so you ever see the movie Leap of Faith? It's a great movie. Uh, now watch, I'd probably go watch it again now, and I'm like, oh, it's horrible. Why did you recommend that? But I remember in the movie, it was there was some cool stuff, you know, and, and there, it's about... You know, you have, to, you have to see it. In the end, if you watch them, let's kind of do this without a spoiler alert. Um, the whole time that they show the hotel sign from one side, they very careful all throughout the movie, all throughout the movie. And my pastor in California noticed the last scene, they show the hotel sign from the other side, and it's missing letters. And it just says M-E-L. Now, if you know your Hebrew, what does that mean? M-E-L, in God. 
<laughs> and so there's this transformation. It's a really cool thing. You should watch the movie. And I hope it's not bad, because whenever I say that, <laughs> um, it's about a charlatan preacher. And you're like, yes, we come watch you every week, Jeff. No, you, you know, I'm. <laughs> hopefully you think I'm genuine or you wouldn't pick up. Anyway, so there's some cool things in the Superman movie, Hidden in Plain Sight. Uh, I, there's some Hebrew names. Now, um, if you don't know the story, uh, Kal-El was sent to earth by Jor-El, his father, uh, to save the world. Now, Cal, this is where it gets interesting, to me anyway. Cal uh, can mean easier light, so he flies, so that's kind of interesting. But, you know, it's you know, possible, and the writers who are Jewish uh, probably put it in this way, I think, more. If you, if, it, if you pronounce it kol, it means voice, so it really means like the voice of God. <laughs> and so it really kind of, it's like this instrument of God, you know. It's kind of interesting because, now I'm not saying you have to watch Superman movies and think all this, but this is the way I think. It's that, you know, hey, you know, there's all these, like, I think within us, there's this, this desire, this need for a savior, and Superman is sort of like the prototype for that, and then we got some Hebrew stuff in there, and it's interesting, because then they put him in the little thing, and they send him down to earth. Doesn't that sound a lot like Moses in the basket? See these connections? Okay, I got one superhero fan over here. Uh, the rest of you don't care. Anyway, <laughs> whole point is, you know, Superman comes to save mankind like Jesus. Now, what does this mean? mean? absolutely nothing but it's kind of cool <laughs> but actually I, I really i really do i think it reflects our desire and our need for a savior which is this this universal felt need is we we need someone to kind of come and fix things because the world is broken right when you look around who, who here would look outside look around the world see everything that's happening and think hey everything's in perfect shape like if you think everything's in perfect shape you live in a bubble like a little tiny bubble somewhere. Because if you look around the world, there's all kinds of stuff. Now, some of us love East African politics, and we talk about that, and all the things going on over there. And some of you, your eyes gloss over when we're talking East African politics, because you're like, I don't care. <laughs> or Not that I don't care, but I just don't know anything about it. But, you know, it, it, there's, there's some good things going on over there. There's some bad things going on. There. And, and there's, there's bad around the world. And so ultimately, you know, there was bad in the world, and God, God sends Jesus, Jesus wraps himself in flesh, comes among us, so that he, he can point us back to him. And so he makes that way. It says, many children. You know, <laughs> you know we're, 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 we're made part of God's family when we put our faith and our trust in him. And, you know, many of us have relatives that we're embarrassed about. Anyone? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, some of you, you do Thanksgiving, you're kind of hoping that one doesn't show up, like that that aunt or that uncle or, you know, or you have that, that relative that's wanted by the FBI. Uh, any, is that just me? Okay. <laughs> but, you know, some of you, think, some of you have relatives you're embarrassed about, right? Now, some of you don't. You got to think, are you that relative people are embarrassed about? I'm just saying, if, <laughs> if you don't have one you're embarrassed about, maybe you are the one. Uh, <laughs> You know, you have a cousin who says embarrassing things over Christmas dinner, uncle wanted by the FBI, aunt with a surveillance van in her yard, whatever. <laughs> uh, but Jesus calls us family. And you're a part of God's family when you come to faith in him. Now, a little bit different in our culture. I think in our culture, a lot of people will say we're all God's children. And in some sense, that's true because we're all created by God, uh, and so that, that's where we kind of come from, uh, but, but God, God really, he creates us, things go wrong, but he wants this relationship with us. He wants us not to just be out there kind of on our own thing, but God wants to adopt us into his family. First Timothy 2 says this, starting in verse 4, uh, 
is talking about God, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one meteor who, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave the world at just the right time. Uh, mes the message, which is a, a, a nice translation by a guy um, that, that's kind of very, very contemporary. I like how he said this one. He says, he wants not only us, but everyone saved. You know, everyone to get to know the truth we've learned. And, and so God's heart is for all people. Now, they're brothers and sisters. I'm not knocking it. But there, there's certain segments of the church that will say, well, all doesn't mean all. You know, because Jesus didn't die for all, Jesus died for some of them. All means all. You, you can parse the Greek any way you want. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll spend hours and hours like, look, like researching a word like all because that's the way I'm, 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 I'm wired. And then you come out with it going, oh, you know why they translate it all? Because it means all. <laughs> uh, everyone. <laughs> and that's God's heart. It's not just for a select few, but, but it's his offer of life. Uh, to, to all of us. Uh, and as we learned in Second Peter, you know, there's, uh, there's a delay between his first and second coming because he's patient. Uh, he says, you know, and remember, uh, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. And so God's patient with us. He's not coming back. He's not calling everybody out of the pool because God wants us to be in a relationship with him. And that's where we, the church, are left with the job of sharing this good news. That's one of the cool things we get to do. Um, and so not everyone is a child of God. Uh, it, the book of John says this. John 1.10, he, uh, he came into the very world he created. And again, that's the, the idea of this, this incarnation. Uh, he became one of us, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, but they, even they rejected him. Uh, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They were reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So Jesus came, he lived, and he died so we could have new life. Now, when we talk about this, probably the most famous example of Jesus talking about this is a dude named Nicodemus comes to Jesus. Now, if you remember, remember the story, when does he come to Jesus? He comes at night because he's kind of like a little bit nervous about his position because he's, he's sort of an authority, and, and, you know, and so we call him Nick at night because Nick comes at night. Uh, <laughs> some of you get that, some of you don't. So Nick at night, he comes, and he has this, this discussion with Jesus that it, a lot of you would know. Uh, you know, he comes, and he's like, kind of like, hey, Jesus, I like how you roll. And, and Jesus says, you know, you have to be born again. And Nick's like, what does that mean? And Jesus flushes it out. You can look, you can read the story. Uh, uh, I think it's John 3. Um, and so, you know, ultimately, it's that we have to be born again. Now, if you lived in the 80s, anyone? Some of you were born in the 80s and 90s. Think about this. Someone who was born in like 1999 is like 22 years old. Some of you just went, oh my gosh, because <laughs> you think you're 22 years old and you were living in the 80s. No, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, those of us though, in the, in the 80s, I remember, you know, people would talk about born-again Christians, and I was, and there, we kind of had it separate, because there was like the Christian Christians, and then those born-again Christians that were a little weird, right? You know what I mean? Like they were the ones who raised their hands in church, or, you know, said Jesus a little too much, had the weird t-shirts, you know. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jesus says there's, there's only one kind. You know, you have to be born again. Now, it doesn't mean you have to wear a t-shirt, doesn't mean do, do some strange things to make people look at you funny, but, I'm not saying they all did, but, but, but the, you know, you have to be born again. You have to be born of the Spirit. And so, it's that, you know, Jesus came, he died, he, so that we can have this new life, we can have this new way of living, and we have this, this new birth. Um, 
Galatians 4 says it this way. Uh, I, I think I may have used this passage recently again, too, but, but I love this one. Galatians 4, 4. Uh, this is like I was thinking of this last night. Uh, it says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us all who were slaves under the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent us, sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. And now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. Since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And so at the right time. Now there's all kinds of like scholars that, you know, what the right time is. And, you know, it's like there's the, the Pax Romana. So there was like peace, the, the Roman roads. There was, you know, if you, if you study history, the, you know, Hellenization of the ancient world. So everyone spoke Greek so things could get out quickly. You know, they didn't have railroads then, but, you know, they, <laughs> they had roads. <laughs> and I don't know. It, that's above my pay grade as to why it was the perfect time. But somehow, in God's plan, it was the time. <laughs> Jesus comes. He comes at that right time, and he buys us freedom. You know, uh, he, you know the, the, he paid the price that we, that we couldn't pay so that we can have this freedom from sin. And then he adopts us, you know, and so, you know, he, he was the son and the heir, but we all become sons and heirs and daughters and heirs, but, you know. Um, not trying to be, you know, <laughs> and then, 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 and then we can call God Abba. Now, not we're not talking the Swedish band. Anyone else hear that every time they see Abba written down? Two of you, two of them, ten, ten, three, four, four, five. Uh, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Google it later. Uh, there was a band, um, any disco, anyway. <laughs> but but really, it, it's more this idea of you know, daddy. Now, my kids call me daddy. It would be weird if you called me daddy. Uh, you know, some people, like, they, if you come from a Catholic background, you're not sure what to, like, people have called me father. I'm like, I'm not your daddy. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, some people call me Friar Dyer, which I think is funny, too, because I do, I do like fried foods. Or you could just call me Jeff. But, you know, because if you're not related to me, I'm just, I'm just Jeff. Or, you know, I'm, I, now I'm at the age where people call me Mr. Dyer and I don't flinch. Um, you know what I mean? Like, because when you're younger and someone calls you like Mr. Whatever or Mrs. Whatever, you know, like they're like Mr. Dyer. I'm like, that's my father, you know? Uh, or it's like Mrs. Dyer to my wife. I'm like, that's not my mom. Like, <laughs> but then you get to an age where it's like you get comfortable with Mr. Dyer, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> anyway. But, you know, uh, you know the, Abba, the idea, it's his intimate name, meaning, you know, like, kind of, we, we kind of think of it as sort of a, a daddy. Like, it's this intimate relationship that we have with God. Because God adopts us into his family, we, we have this special relationship with him. You know, it would be weird if you called me daddy, right? Like, you'd be like, that's weird, you know? It's not going to get you anything. If my kids call me daddy, I'll just buy them stuff, throw money at them, because it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, a, it's a different kind of relationship. Now, great, now they know my secret. They're like, daddy, can I have $1,000? Well, no, I don't have it. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, you know, and there's this, we have this relationship with the Father because of what Jesus did. Now, a lot of us have screwed up relationships with our families, kind of going back to the, you know, jacked up family. And so sometimes this, this metaphor, this idea of God as Father is hard for some of us because we didn't have the greatest relationship. We had a distant relationship with our Father. Our, fa our, our, our earthly fathers are imperfect. I am imperfect. 
I apologize so much to my kids. I'm just like, man, I, I, and you think it's bad now. If I'd had you 10 years before, it would have been so much worse because God's been working on me for another 10 years. I'm sure my mom wanted us to have kids immediately when we got married. I'm just glad we didn't because, man, we would have screwed those up. <laughs> First set would have been throwaways. Uh, <laughs> so we waited for you guys. Anyway, some of you know what I mean because, you know, it's just, you, you grow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so, but a lot of us don't have, you know, great examples of father, but, but God is the, you know, eternal father. He is the greatest father. He, he knows how to love, he gives us affection in, in a way. And so we have this new relationship in Christ. And that's, you know, Hebrew, the book of Hebrews tells us that's why God came. That's why Jesus wrapped himself in flesh. He came so that we could be kin. I like that. I, came, I thought of that there little little alliteration <laughs> you know and so when we put our faith in christ things change right your, your relationship your status changes with god so then your your actions change now they, at least they should uh, i remember uh i just love hate relationship with facebook anyone else like i i liked i liked some of you are like too young you're like i don't even use facebook that's for old people uh, <laughs> or whatever newfangled thing they have today uh <laughs> but i I, ha I have facebook i like facebook you know because like you can buy stuff on it marketplace is good you know i, I i've never seen a political post and gone i'm going to change my politics uh so i i don't i don't do politics on facebook it's okay if you do uh i will just block you for 30 days <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I, I like it because I like to see pictures of people's kids. I like to catch up with old friends. You know, I like pictures of dogs. I'm not a cat person, but I love to see pictures of your cat. I do like, we had one cat, man, it was like Cynthia. Some of you knew Cynthia, the cat that showed up in my house. We almost kept her because she was awesome. But anyway, I'm more of a dog person. So, like, I haven't posted a picture of Loki in a while, but he's crazy. He's a cool dog. But, you know, that, that's I like. But I, the big thing I remember for a while with, like, when, when, it, when Facebook kind of first it was, you know, at universities, and then it kind of like, you, you could be like a regular person, but it was mostly young people at one point, and it was like, people were like navigating relationships, and it was like, well, is it Facebook official? Because <laughs> somehow that changed the, the nature of your relationship, if you like, you, you kind of like in a relationship with, and then, you know, they had to accept it, and then you were like tagged in it, and uh, some of you remember that stuff, uh, and like yeah, navigating that, you know, <laughs> and it's a Facebook official kind of made it public, right? Like, you couldn't be on the dating site if they go on your Facebook page and you're in a relationship with someone else, right? That would change their nature of wanting to date you. <laughs> uh, and so it, it's public. It reveals something. And so God shows you. God publicly wants this relationship with us. And so when he joins God's family, it changes how we live and act. And, we, and so we're committed to live differently uh, with that family. Now, some of you occasionally on Facebook, and I love to see these posts, don't get me wrong, but, you know, like, everyone, like, when they lose weight or something today, you, you have to post it on Facebook, right? Like, like or you go to the gym. I, I go to a certain gym, some of you know the gym I go to, but it's like, you know, I'll just say it. You, you can't CrossFit without posting about CrossFit. I'm, like, the only person, I think, who doesn't post about it. There's, like, certain things, like, kind of like you can't be a vegetarian without posting about how you hate people who eat animals. I have a, that friend. Anyone has that friend? Okay, no. <laughs> I love vegetables, especially, you know, Ethiopian uh, food, which is a lot of vegetables. Anyway, um, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you, know when, when, you know, if you lose weight, uh, like I, I have so many friends, like they lose weight, they post. Now, 
And, and I, I want to celebrate with them, because, you know, it's, it's about health, it's not about weight, you know, yada, 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 whatever, you know what I mean. But, but you kind of want to celebrate with them. Uh, but it, it's kind of interesting, because when people do, like in today's day and age, you always, you, you post about it, right? Uh, you know, and it's, it's funny, because you're often, to, to lose that, it's often committed to a community, a group, and, and like a, a, a program of some sort, but especially you're kind of connected with certain people. Like I, I have friends who, who coach people through some changes of diet and everything. And you can kind of tell from the post, they're all kind of doing the same program. That's awesome. They're getting healthy. That's a good thing. Don't mind. <laughs> I like that. But, but it, it, it's funny because, you know, <laughs> we so much celebrate the change in our bodies. But sometimes do we celebrate the change in our relationship with God? Do we celebrate that change aging? It's, for some of us, I'm not saying you have to go home and post all about Jesus, invite everyone to deep water tomorrow, because um, tomorrow no one's going to be here. Um, <laughs> and whoever keeps leaving clothes at the front door, leave them by the side, we'll see them. <laughs> and just donate them somewhere else, because we have lots of clothes. <laughs> um, so you don't know, like we, get, we get here, there's piles of like donated clothing up against the doors, and we can't even open them sometimes. Um, anyway, uh, Call me. I'll tell you if we can use them. <laughs> but, but, you know, we celebrate change, uh, you know. And so th there is this, this, this celebration that we should have when we come to faith, when we join his family. We, we live different ways. Uh, and so, you know, church becomes this community. Now, I always say, you know, here's the building. Here's the steeple. Open up to see all the people. Who did that as a kid? Absolute lies. <laughs> because, you know, here's the church, here's the steeple. The church is not the building. This is the church. And, and, and you know, it's cute if you still want to do the little thing. I'm not going to, like, yell at you if you do the hand signals or anything. Although it looks like gang signs now. Church sign. <laughs> Some of you. I didn't know. <laughs> hey, yo, I lived in L.A., west side. Uh, <laughs> I, I lived in L.A. at the, the East Coast, West Coast rap battles. And no, some of you don't have any. That's good that you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it's cool. But the church is not the building. Now, we're working on, I'm not anti-building. We're working on buying this building, right? Like, we, we, we need a place to kind of come together. But the church is about the people. And actually, I'll tell you, one of the, the thing I missed most about COVID was y'all. Like, it was weird. I'd come in here like I'm preaching to an empty thing and some of you got stuck in and put pictures there that was nice and then like <laughs> but it was weird I didn't know what to look at you know like I'm preaching and there was like you know it was it was funny because it was right around Easter and it was like you know, Easter visitor number one they put some extra like Facebook profile looking pictures <laughs> it was hilarious I couldn't get a good picture of it to show you because it was like it's one of those things that's like hard to photograph but it was funny and like Denise would come in and, and film me because it was just weird like preaching to nothing you know, at least I'd preach to my wife, get her straight with the Lord. <laughs> no. And then she, then she, uh, yeah, then she picked up a mirror, you know, <laughs> preach to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> she's good, faithful, <laughs> Jesus-loving woman. That's, that's what you look for in a woman. <laughs> Proverbs 31 there. Uh, anyway, uh, but you know, one of the most, things I miss most is people. You know, and, and uh, we, were, we were talking, because we, we did a little marriage thing the other, uh, was, it was it last Saturday? Man, my life, I've just been doing so much, I don't even, it just seems like I've done so much between, it was like last Saturday. And like, we were hanging out, and you know there's a whole other part of this building? Some of you don't know, because you've never been there. 
But there's like a huge, like there's like nurseries, there's classrooms, there's a giant fellowship place, and like my parents' you know, wedding uh, reception was in there. That's how big that place is and everything. Lots of cool stuff. Um, but, you know, what I miss is sometimes going up after church, and we still have coffee out here, but we'd go up and we'd have snacks. I miss the snacks, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I don't need the snacks, but I like the snacks. <laughs> but it, it was really just the, the hanging out, right? And because when you hang out, it's encouraging. It's not about the food. It's not about the coffee, but, but it's about relationships and connections because we're all family. When you're family with people, even the crazy uncles, even those strange aunts, you know, there's a connection that then that connection helps you stay on track. It helps us to live this Christian life out. And when we're adopted into God's family, we get new family. And actually, you posted something. It's, it's, not just, it's, not, it's not just, I don't forget what the post said, but it was like, it's not just about the building. It's not just about, you know, belonging to a social organization. We're not the Lions Club, which is good people, I'm sure. But, but it's about being family. You know, and you, we love, we serve one another. Um, so, uh, and for some of you, are, I, I miss the people who are just online now. So, shout out. I, I know sometimes you feel like I'm calling you out. I just miss you guys. Come hang out when you feel better. <laughs> I know, it's sad now. Little cry emoji. If, if we could do that on the video, I'd put a cry emoji over my face right now. Miss you, man. <laughs> and woe, man. <sighs> Hebrews chapter 2, starting verse 14, says, Because God's children are human being made out of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For as a human being could, uh, could he die, for only as a human being, I was like, that doesn't make sense. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. You know, again, this idea of the incarnation, he's, you know, he's made of flesh and blood, and break the power of the devil. Now, the world was created perfect. If you read the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, you read it, it's like, you know, in the beginning, God... And he creates, and, he, and if, you, if you read the Genesis narrative, and it, was like, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. It was very good. <laughs> you know, everything is good, but then if you know the story, sin enters the world, things get a little jacked up. <laughs> things don't, and so, and so sin enters the world, and, um, but then ultimately, you know, as, as Paul writes, you know, death enters the world. Uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, starting verse 54, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be filled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? I think of that all the time during funerals, which, be, because th there is death that, that, that comes, but when, you, when you're faithful and you know Jesus, it's a different thing. It says, for sin, for, for sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives us sin its power, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're set free, live their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. You know, dying is scary for a lot of people, right? Now, I'm not in a hurry to die. Like, I'm hoping it's not this afternoon. <laughs> I got a meeting on Monday I got to go to. <laughs> I got things I got to do. I, 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 you know, I, I want to see my kids graduate high school. I want to see them have families of their own. I, I, I want to meddle in their lives for a while, a while longer. <laughs> um, but, but for a lot of us, you know, you know and, and, I, and I don't want to be, like I used to say I want to be eaten by sharks just to shock people. Now I'm like, I don't want to be eaten by sharks. That's going to hurt. <laughs> you know, I, I want to die, you know, quietly, you know, later in life, hopefully. But um, someone recently posted a, a meme that's sort of a classic, uh, and I got to blow it up here so I can read it. <laughs> my, my sermon notes, if anyone ever, like someone at once asked me for my sermon notes for something, another pastor, and I was like, oh, sure. And I'm like, I'm sure when he got the notes, he never spoke to me again. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> 
I think he has since then. He, he's been busy. But I've got, like, memes pasted in and stuff. Like, I got emojis everywhere. Like, I don't know how I preached before emojis. Anyone? Um, no? Okay, four of you. Anyway, uh, there, someone posted this, and I can't remember who posted it recently. It, it's sort of the, this classic meme thing. and it's, it's sort of a picture like you would have in a preschool thing, and it's Halloween. There's like four kids, and you know, first kid's like, what scares you most? Werewolves. What's, and that's, you know, Paul says. And What scares you the most? Sharks, says Nina. Uh, what scares you the most? Uh, Dylan answered, the unstoppable marching of time that is slowly guiding us all towards an inevitable death. Uh, and the next kid, what scares you most, Dylan? <laughs> because in a lot of us, you know, some of you have seen this meme. If you haven't, I'll, someone will probably post it again today. It was probably posted this week somewhere. I'm just I'm in a Facebook overload sometimes. You know, but, but dying for a lot of us is scary, right? Like we don't want to talk about it. But, but it, it's this thing that you know, the, the sting of it is taken away in Christ. Now again, I don't want to die tomorrow. But I have hope. I have hope to a future. I have hope to a, a better home. I have hope to all these things. Um, you know, like Paul, we talked about, I don't know if I, I said it last week, it was in my notes, but just because something's in my notes doesn't mean it makes it into the sermon. Uh, <laughs> some of you are like, that's okay, I wasn't listening anyway. But <laughs> in Philippians, Paul has this debate in, in Philippians to 1, you know, where he's like, uh, you know, because, you know, he's like in prison, he's, gonna die, he's like not sure if he's going to die. He's like, hey, if, 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 if I'm a paraphrase here, this is the Jeff translation paraphrase version, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, you know, the, the JV, the, kind of the Jeff version. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the NJV, because <laughs> you, you always have to have three letters with Bible translations, right? <laughs> I don't know. Not the, uh, it's funny. The message is MSG. That's how you do it. And I just keep thinking of MSG in your food. Uh, any, anyone else see that? Anyway. Um, but, but anyway, um, you know, Philippians 1. You know, P- Paul's kind of like, hey, yo, if, I, if, I, if, if I'm put to death, that's cool. I get to be with Jesus. But yo, if I, if I, if, if I live, that's good for you. So hey, whatevs. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he ultimately wants to live. So, so you can do good for the church, but, but ultimately dying is not scary. And for a lot of us, death is scary because we don't view it in the right way. Uh, we don't see things in the right way. Now, I have a classic picture, if you want to pick, put that picture up. Um, now, I saved it here because Lee's going to post it, but if you're watching online, when you see this picture, oops, what do you see? You see a picture of Josh. If you didn't see that picture, it's hilarious. I don't know if you can see this or not. It's, it's posted below there, too. It's going to be on, yeah, there we go. What do you guys see in the picture? Tell me about the lady. Do you see a younger woman or an older woman? Look at the picture a little differently. Think of that as her nose, that's her chin. Now what do you see? Yeah, and it's funny because I, I love these things because a lot of people, when you look at the picture, one person sees one thing, one sees another, right? And then it's about perspective because sometimes in some of these, once you see the older woman, you may not be able to see the younger woman again. Does anyone, some of you are still staring at it like you haven't gotten it yet. Um, we'll put it up later. <laughs> we'll have somebody draw on it for you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, but faith, here's the thing, faith changes our, our, our perception. That is the same picture no matter what, right? But how you perceive it is different. 
When you have life in Christ, you perceive things differently. You see things differently. And so death is still death. It's still a terrible thing. <laughs> like, it's still not something you want to go through. Even if someone's lived a long, good life, it's still hard. You miss the people. There's a lot of pain. Don't get me wrong. You know, I've lost people too. But, but, but ultimately, death is a door to the next life. And when you're faithful uh, to, to Christ, or you've been adopted in, into his family, you know, it, it's, it's a homecoming. We just had homecoming at CR this year. You know, the parade had to get moved, which is a long story, but, you know, kind of cool stuff. It's like you celebrate coming home, and, and some of you are going to have it next week at Dover, I think, right? Next week, Dover? Okay, got to come. <laughs> um, but, you know, faith changes our perspective. <laughs> um, Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 28, says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body for hell. You know, we tend to fear what? Death. A lot of us. And we'll do anything to put off death. We'll do anything to avoid death. Some of us, the only reason we exercise is not to be healthy and live well. It's to try to stave off death. Okay, you, know, it's, you, know, we, you know, you run tons of miles and then you get hit by a car, which is, you know, sort of Murphy's Law on that. You know, and even many Christians, you know, we, we fear death. But we need not fear death because of what Jesus has done for us. That's what the book of Hebrews is telling us. That's what the whole of the New Testament tells us. You know, it, it's funny because when you read some of the ideas and things in Hebrews, you know, it, it's not like it's saying something completely different about Jesus. It, it's, the New Testament paints the same picture of who Jesus is throughout. Uh, sorry, verse 16. Uh, <laughs> back to Hebrews. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. You know, he's the merciful and faithful high priest. Now we're going to get to that again, Hebrews chapter 4. So this is kind of like a, a preview of that. Hebrews 4 will say, you know, we have a great high priest who understands our weaknesses, faced all the same testings that we do without sin. Uh, and so we, th therefore we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Again, Jesus changes our relationship status. If you put your faith and your trust in Christ, um, you have this new way of living. Um, you know, and he, here... Uh, as we come back, we'll, we'll continue into Hebrews, but Hebrews continues to paint as this powerful picture of who Jesus is. And here, uh, the more you learn about Jesus, because even if you've been in church your whole life, you can miss some of these things. You know, the more you learn about Jesus, the bigger you'll see who he is. And the more we learn about him, then we live differently because our perspective changes. Our perspective on death, our perspective on life, our perspective on, on how we're going to live. Now, if you're non-Christian, if you're not a believer, you know, if you've never kind of made that commitment, you know, there's this chance to be adopted. You can be, you know, when Jesus is greater than anything that, that, that you can uh, do right, and he's greater than anything you can do wrong. And if you're a Christian, you know, they can, again, you, you live differently. Now, I have, we have a whole ritual at the beginning of football season. Anyone have a ritual? I'm not talking like weird things like I have to wear a certain sweatshirt. And anyone, you know, or like you, I ignore the Steelers. They do well. Um, apparently, I've been watching too much this year. No, <laughs> I ignored them this year and they aren't doing well. Maybe I need to start skipping my nap. Uh, some of you aren't Steelers fans. Um, we will slowly convert you. But anyway, no, we, we have a series of movies we like that are like a kind of football movies. And one of them is any, The Blind Side. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie, isn't it? Not completely factually true, 
Like, he tells the story, he's like, no, that's not really how it went, and, you know, but, but it's a cool movie, like, because you, you change things for movies, because it makes them kind of, like, fun and, you know, more to watch. But anyway, there's this, if you haven't seen the movie, you're probably not going to see it at this point anyway, <laughs> but there's this, great, there's this great scene at the end, and they're like, kind of like, because he chooses a certain school and everything, and they're trying to make sure he wasn't influenced improperly and everything, and so, you know, he's like, at some point, he's like, well, you never asked me why, you know, I chose this school. You know, he, they were asking all about influencing people, pressuring him. And he says, it's because it's where my family goes to school. And it was like, he was this kid who was adopted in. Uh, was, he actually eventually played, you know, uh, in the NFL. I don't know if he's still playing. He might be retired now. Um, it's hard to be a, a big man in the NFL. <laughs> you know, we can't all be Tom Brady. <laughs> but, but, you know, in the whole story, it's, you know, if the kid who, he was offered adoption in his family, it would be a sad story if he's like, nah, I think I'll live on the streets, right? That would be a terrible movie. No one's going to buy that movie. No one's going to talk about that. No one wants to see those clips on that on YouTube, because some of you are going to like, just watch the clips of this on YouTube, because you don't want to go rent the whole movie, right? <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Many of us choose, we're offered this, this grace, we're offered this relationship with Christ, but we choose to live on the streets anyway. We choose to live outside of relationship with God. But it, it's this better way of living. And I'm telling you this not to, to guilt you into, oh, well, you better stop sinning. Well, you should. But, but the point is, we don't live that way because we don't have to live that way. We have a new life. We have a new way of living. And it's a better way of life and a better way of living. You know, Jesus is bigger and better than anything 